So if you want to hear more of our podcast, please click on jamesandsana.com and you can hear our previous episodes. And please subscribe because James has some good word of wisdoms every morning to share with you guys through that email that comes into your inbox. Honey, I'm so happy. I was waiting so long for today so we can record this podcast together because I think this is first time I came really prepared. So I have something really exciting to share with our audience. That's terrific, honey. <laughs> I knew you were going to be happy. Uh, on f- <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> and I'm so happy to hear that you have something of value that to share with our smile listeners. on your face. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's going to have to wait. But honey, this is really important. No. I'm sorry, honey. It's just not going to work out this time. It's gonna, you're going to have to savor and cherish this burning thought in your mind, and our poor listeners are going to have to wait a week to hear what you have to say, because this uh, past week I did a conversation with my friend Jason Heath. Jason is a professional bassist, and he's a podcaster like myself. He hosts a show called Contrabass Conversations, and we recorded it and published it on another show that I do called Musicpreneur, Making Money Making Music. But we ended up not talking about music at all. We actually ended up talking about a lot about podcasting and kind of the entertainment industry in general. And I thought it was just so good and so relevant to what podcasters are experiencing and going through that I wanted to put it on this show too. So I know that, honey, that what whatever you have to say, and I can just see it, like I can just see the disappointment on your face, and I just know that you're just heartbroken, but sadly, we're going to have to wait another week to hear what is on your mind. Well, you're the boss. I have no choice. I am the boss, and don't you forget it. I just said it, honey. <laughs> I call the shots. You get it? Uh, not, not really, because... Gabriel says, I'm the boss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he always tells you, Daddy, she's the boss. You better listen to her. Okay. Well, when my six-year-old is not here, I'm the boss. And that's the way that works. Well, you get it? I will report that to him. Okay. Well, okay. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I guess I have to leave you and Jason to take up the show. Yeah. Before this, this conversation des- descends even further into the abyss past the point of no return, which we've passed long ago. Let's just turn it over to this amazing, scintillating, entertaining, inspiring, value-laden conversation (laughs) with Jason Heath of Contrabass Conversations. Look him up, contrabassconversations.com. Well, yeah, what's up with you, man? Thank you so much for uh, for giving me a ring uh, like a month ago or, or so. We, we, we oh, yeah, man. That was out. so that was, cool. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I was coming home from Trader Joe's and I saw your name pop up and it was uh, that what? Yeah, serendipity for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's just how the beauty of podcasting is like Jim Lambie. He um, listens to your show and then and then I guess you had pro- promoted the one that you did on this show. 
he, that's how he heard of me. And it turns out he lives like 15 minutes away. It's so crazy how that works. I mean, I had a similar experience with this practice app that I use, Modacity. Someone reached out to me for Modacity, and I did a little research, and I realized they are literally on the same street that I live on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so what? One thing led to another, and and I've I've become friends with the the founder. I mean, we, wow. he's a super interesting guy, and we we hang out, and it's just it's it's so funny what a small world it is. I and remember, it, yeah. Well, I was just saying, I remember when I lived in Hawaii in 2006, I took a job as a tour guide, right? Because that's what you do when you move to Hawaii, become a tour guide. Because I was just like the expert. <laughs> that's a funny story in and of itself. So I'm doing this tour at Pearl Harbor, the like the memorial wow. at Pearl Harbor, and I'm just. Like, I'm leading this tour, and then I hear this guy say, hey, young man. And I turn around, it's my first sergeant from the Army that I knew from, like, 1994 to 97 or something. He was in line to go in the tour right while I, right while I was there leading this t- It was so crazy. That's that's hilarious. That's a, I, it's funny. I've had more moments like that since moving to San Francisco because the mm. place is so small mm. and people tend to kind of be townies and hang out here. So I've run into people I've coached at middle school, like out in the street. I used to never run into anybody in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while I would, yeah. but it's I, I definitely have a lot more moments like that, which is kind of nice. It feels a little bit more like a community, a crazy community, but a community. What do you mean San Francisco is small? Um, well, geographically, it's pretty small. And oh, then the okay. population, it's it's about 850,000 people, which seems big, but compared to Chicago is like 2.5 million. And then Chicago yeah. is 25 miles long from from top to bottom. This is just a, it's just a tiny town and it's a very neighborhoody sort of place. People tend to hang out in their neighborhood. So I just I run into the same people over and over much more frequently than back in Chicago. Yeah, it's just it's so funny how things things work out like that. Well, anyway, we're talking about Jim Lambie, and I'm, who I'm sure is listening to this, and um, he's actually thinking of getting into podcasting. Nice, yeah. Nice. So we had a little conversation over a beer and some uh, some fish tacos the other night, and we're we're just why not? He's he's yeah. thinking about it. He's a very very introspective person. Mm-hmm. He's very he mentioned a lot of like conscious of the ego. And so it's interesting cuz cuz he's a bass player and I, I just, I'm just kind of trying to think how could that translate into a podcast? Cuz like when you do a podcast you want to take your strengths and like the th- you, you want to take the things that really interest you that really drive you on the inside and and that should be your message. It, it, you can't just be. Not everybody can have a show just for bassists like like yours, right? And so I've just been thinking, what what angle would he take with something like that? Because you you just want to focus on what's important to you, because that's what makes yeah. a podcast unique. Right, right. I would, I it would, I would have no idea how to advise someone starting a podcast right at mm. this moment, just because like my journey has been so. Uh, just unintentional, I guess. And and it's really been, I mean, it's sort of a, a joke that my podcast is called Contra-Based Conversations because I, I mean, I do talk generally to basis, but I have no plan. I had two singers on the other day and we were talking about if anyone should go to music school. I've had Jason Haheim, the principal tempetus from the Met on a whole bunch of times. So I guess I've sort of thought I am a bass player and I'm interested in stuff and come on my journey with me. And there'll be bass in a lot of, and the funny thing is how often bass 
pops up, even when I'm talking to someone that I don't think has bass in the background at all. Like these two singers, mm-hmm. uh, I was it was interviewing one of them. Her dad is this famous bass luthier who I've had on the podcast. I had no idea. So it's <laughs> it's just um, yeah, it's it's tough though because you don't want to. Yeah, it's 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 a tricky thing to to think about. But uh, you know, getting started and and just putting something out on a regular basis, uh, even if the 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 vision changes, yeah. uh, you know, that's as you're well familiar with, yes. you know, yes. uh, the, the, these, these platforms are more flexible than you might think. You can always change the name. You can always, uh, you know, pivot. And what you, what I've discovered is that people aren't really interested in the topic so much as they are in you as the host. Right. Right. Like your audience is probably mostly made up of bassists, but they, they don't listen to the show because they're, interested in the base as much as they are in you. Right. You become the main character of your podcast. That's the way I like to talk about it. Like I, I, it's a cool medium because it's, it's, it's a great personal development thing. I've, I've talked about this a lot on, on my show. Um, but, but it's, it's something I would want to be doing anyway with my time, sitting down, turning off my devices and just actually connecting with someone one-on-one for an extended period of time. That's a beautiful thing at any point, but especially in the age of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and just constant distraction. Um, and, and so I, I learn a ton in the process and yeah, you have the, just, just what you were describing, I think is so is the case. I feel the same way with the people that I listen to. I feel like I know them well. And it's funny when people meet me in real life, my wife has noticed, they start talking to me like they, like I'm their best friend, (laughs) (laughs) which I, which I love. It's a really fun, if you if you get a successful podcast, you oftentimes, I think you get this really comfortable level of quote unquote internet fame. It's like the best kind where like, no one's going to notice you at the grocery store. (laughs) Um, but, but sometimes (laughs) they might, and they'll just come up and say like, thank you for what you do. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a very, and if you're at a conference related to your, your thing, you probably get more interactions like that. But I I find it to be, a I, I think being too prominent can have a whole lot of disadvantages just for practicality of your life. Have you ever heard of F. Murray Abraham? He yeah, played of us. Course. Yeah, he played Salieri and uh, Amadeus, and I think he was in Scarface. Anyway, yeah, I, pretty yeah. pretty well accomplished actor. I remember him. I saw an interview with him on some entertainment show, and he said that he kind of likes his status. Like he can go on the subway in New York City, and nobody recognizes him, but he's still a very well accomplished actor. Yeah, that's the that's the right level. Like Jerry Seinfeld would have a little bit more problems, uh, Jimmy Kimmel or whoever. But yeah, it's that's a that's a good place to be. Yeah, you know, I was writing. Um, I'm 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 actually writing an ebook hmm. called Podcasting Principles, and so all this stuff is on my mind right now. And I was writing this morning about people because I've I've been coaching a lot of podcasters the last few months. And it's great. And you get a lot of material when you talk to people who are just brand new and they're going through all the same things that probably you did and I did back when we were starting. And I hear a lot of people say like, man, there's just so many podcasts out there. Why should I start? There's just you go to Apple and any any category that I think that my that my show, if I pursue it, might fall in. And there's like a thousand. Why? There's so much competition. Why should I start it? And I just think, man, if you take that mentality, 
you might say you might as well just say, well, there's eight billion people in the world. Why should you have your own child? Yeah, you know yeah. the uh, the only the only thing to really think about is that you are the the biggest obstacle to getting something out <laughs> yeah, there. It's not right. there there. I don't think of competition at all. Like in terms of that. In fact, I think that people who, if we just think about podcasting, people who listen to podcasts often listen to a lot of podcasts, and they're pining for another one on a similar topic. So even if you look up. Uh, in, in the, the Apple podcast directory or wherever, and you see something similar to what you're thinking of, you're still you, you're still going to have your perspective. And, and in fact, um, people who like this probably like that it's there's there the, you might even think of it as, as a sign that you're on the right direction. If you're seeing people are thinking about that. Uh, I, I yeah, it's so interesting though, to see all people launching new podcasts and, you know, I'm on episode 750 or something wow. ridiculous <laughs> like wow. that. The, 13 years of it. And so, uh, I, I, it's really interesting to see people that are launching things in 2020. And, uh, I've, I've seen a lot of musicians start to do that as work has evaporated and they're sitting at home and yeah. practicing for the audition that may never happen or certainly not for the next few years. And it, so it's really interesting to listen to people and the approach they take. And what I love about what you do and have always done is you just, everything you do just feels authentic. It feels real. Like I'm assuming we're going at this point because we're just, we hit the button and go. And that's the way you and I have always connected. Mm -hmm. And I, I'd encourage people if, if anyone's launching something or thinking about that, just think, don't worry maybe so much about having the perfect intro or music or introducing your guest in a certain way or that sort of thing. I think just connecting with someone like a human being, that's the beautiful thing about this medium. And it's so interesting to me to listen to a few people that have launched something recently and they give like a an eight minute, very formal introduction to the person. <laughs> and then that sort of vibe kind of continues where mm -hmm. you and I, we just, here we are, we just popped on and we're talking like we were just hanging out, uh, not too long ago. And I think that authenticity, uh, I hope, uh, I like to think that that, uh, resonates with people. Yeah. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. Mm -hmm. Cause yes. I, I think people think they look at like a James Altucher who's mm -hmm. before he even had a podcast, he was blogging and, and he had a, a huge, huge following. And when he started his podcast, he probably had, I don't know, he probably had, let's just say he had like 30,000 downloads his first, his first day, just, but he already had a following. People think, well, they have, they're comparing themselves to these superstars, or at least in our world, they're superstars. And um, they think, well, if I'm not going to be like that, then why try? And they forget, they didn't start out like that. Ben Greenfield started out with like just talking into his microphone, talking about the little little things to ten people. Well, and James Altucher is a great example because he, uh, he there's somebody who shows up regularly. Yeah. Talk about somebody who shows up regularly and somebody who has reinvented himself and the way he communicates so many times over the years. And, you know, so he'll do something that goes totally viral, like, uh, choose yourself. His book is a great example. And then of course he wrote this article called New York city is dead. Here's why, which is the greatest title ever. I want to steal that title for, for other things. Um, was that a book or a blog? Cause no, it was, it was, it was, a it was a blog post that yeah. blew up and uh -huh. a the uh, mayor of New York was talking about it and everybody was condemning. It was, it was particularly well-written because it just sort of demonstrated 
the challenge of New York City in particular, big cities in general in 2020 mm. and beyond. And it, it caused such a controversy that Jerry Seinfeld wrote a response condemning it. And to and James Altucher, he runs a comedy club. He He's a comedian. He's a mm. fan of comedy. And to have somebody, the stature of Jerry Seinfeld, you know, uh, dumping on you, I think it was in the New York Times, is a, mm. uh, that's a, but then, so it was just interesting to watch him handle that. And there's somebody, if someone's thinking about um, or feeling like they're, they're suffering from imposter syndrome or having a hard time getting stuff out out the door, just look at that guy and how he just, he just lets it all loose and talk about someone who feels very authentic. I mean, he's a great example. I think I heard something about the little spat with Seinfeld and I can't, I, I think I must've been listening to something, some podcast, like the last couple of days I heard about this and Altucher was like, well, you're Jerry Seinfeld. You're, you don't, you're not hurting for money. I am. Yeah. And people that I know, I'm, I'm watching people whose lives are just, they're being completely transformed forever. Like, right. Who are you? Who do you think you are, Seinfeld? <laughs> I don't think he's yeah. that funny anyway, honestly, Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I thought it was really weird to, um, when I, he, whatever special I saw of him actually doing comedy, he's one of the comedians that has no problem recycling his old bits, which is has really fallen out of fashion and in the world of comedy. And it's a little bit strange to, um, to hear stuff that you've heard so many times, you know, from like, it feels like it just feels a little bit like an old school approach to comedy. But um, but yeah, Altucher is, Altucher is a really interesting person. And, and I think a good person to just think about how he does what he does, because uh, he wasn't intending that piece to blow up. That was one of probably dozens of things he's written in a similar vein. And I never know what's going to, quote unquote, blow up in terms of whatever medium I'm working in. Uh, I've been doing a lot more on YouTube the last couple of years. I have some things that have gotten 25,000 views in the last few months. And then I had something that I put my heart and soul in and it gets like 200 views. And I don't really care because I'm, again, I am the limiting factor and my imagination and my skills. And the only way I'm going to get better at anything is to just do it, whether yeah. it's practicing a passage or doing a podcast or working on a video or writing a blog post. Yeah. I, I like to just encourage people. This podcast is your baby. Treat it like treat it like it's your baby. Give it the same attention you would your own child. Maybe not mm -hmm. the same attention, obviously, but <laughs> it's just it's just an outgrowth of you. It's an it's it's an extension of you. It's kind of a an amplification of who you are. Kind of like your kids are. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. It's it's um, I definitely feel like that more and more. I, I I I forget what I talk about on the podcast versus what I talk about with my wife or with uh, you know, <laughs> or I, I just I just you know, I, it would be impossible for me to be a liar because I would not be able to keep track of my own lies. But my <laughs> on the podcast, I just say exactly what I'm thinking at any time, and then I don't run into any issues because if if I said it, I must I must have been thinking it and. Uh, yeah, it's. It, I think I've probably become. I I like to think I've become a little more authentic in my approach over the years. Not that I was trying to not be authentic early on, but I was really trying to frame it. Like, here's my show, and we're going to go in this format, and we're going to cover this, and that's how it's going to be. We're going back to like 2007, 2008 at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, but in more recent years, I, there's no agenda. There's no no anything. It's just two people hanging out over a cup of coffee or a or a beer. And that's the way I like to, to do it. 
All right, let me ask you something because you've been doing this for a long time. I want I want to ask you, what do you think of the concept of a podcaster being an entertainer? What is your first reaction to that? Uh, my first reaction is that you are an entertainer. I I I think that you're an entertainer if you are working in YouTube. I I'm an entertainer as a teacher. I like to think I am. I hope I'm being at least somewhat entertaining. Um, so I I embrace that word. Um, I think I think that's I, I have no problem with that word. Okay, let's on the level of importance for your podcast. Where does entertainment fall? Um, I'm never trying to. I am. I'm never intentionally trying to be entertaining. Uh, I, I like to think, but I also let, I, I have, you know, let the little like quirky, quirky aspects of my personality. I, I have become increasingly comfortable with putting those out online. Um, and I've been thinking about that for a long time. You know, I, I got a lot of attention back in the mid 2000s when I put out a, a blog post called My Car Caught Fire and Exploded, where I drew, I drew stick figure renditions of my car catching fire and me pulling the base out and the police putting me over the hood and searching me for weapons, which they 100 percent did. Um, and so I, I have um, I, I, I now I didn't say, I'm going to try to make something funny. It was just one of those things that was like, I didn't have any photos from that event, mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the exploding car. So I thought, well, let's, and I'm a terrible artist. So let's just embrace the the badness of my artistry and put these things up. Well, so, how do you, how do you define being entertaining? What, what, do, what does that mean to you? I think probably it's being, yeah, that's a good question. How do you define, um, Entertaining and engaging are pretty similar words in my in my vocabulary. Um, yeah, I don't know. Entertainer is a weird word. It almost feels kind of like again like an old school word. Like I think of Vegas or something like that, and the Rat Pack. Right. Um, but I think being entertaining and being engaged. I think there's definitely a lot of overlap in terms of those. Um, so I haven't really thought much about that. That's a good. That's a good topic for pondering. Well, I've been pondering it a lot because it's part of my new ebook that's coming out soon. <laughs> well, what what are your thoughts on on entertainment and the role of a podcaster? Well, the way that I have uh, begun to view entertainment, like I like I take the word entertainment and I I just substitute it for not boring. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's like because my wife and I, Sana, we just talked about this on our own podcast uh, this past weekend. And and I just asked her, Sana, what is what word comes to your mind when you hear the word entertainment? And she said, circus, stand-up comedian, like just like you said, you know, Las Vegas and uh, the 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 dive bar, whatever, whatever, cheap entertainment. And I I've come to realize that entertainment just means you're keeping someone's attention. Mm -hmm. Like Breaking Bad is my favorite show of all time, and it's hugely entertaining. To say that it's funny <laughs> would be uh, – they use humor to kind of bring bring things down to earth because if it, if there was no humor at all, it would be completely unwatchable because it's so dark and so heavy. But the, the whole show is unbelievably gripping, especially the first time watching it. It's just – it's so captivating. And that's how I've come to view entertainment is just being unpredictable being maybe embracing a, something that's a little bit controversial that that's going to ruffle some feathers a little bit that's entertainment and 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 people 
see, hear that word entertainment, and they just have this cognitive dissonance because they think, well, I'm doing this show that's like focused on entrepreneurship for musicians, and I I can't be entertaining. That, that it doesn't jive with them. But an idea that they could embrace is your your job is to keep people's attention. You you use the tools that you have. If it's comedy, great. If it's humor, if you've got a sense of humor, great. But just treat it as a tool, not something that you have to do because people listening to you, they only have a 15-second attention span. And, well, you got to go to the next joke and the next cheap joke. Otherwise, you're going to lose their attention. People, we've been on the call, what, for 21 minutes, and people have been listening, and it feels like two minutes have passed. So this is entertainment for me. Right. Yeah. And, and entertainment doesn't necessarily mean cracking jokes. Yes. Just like you're saying, like, I, I am particularly not good at, at <laughs> I've never, I've never tried to be good at that. Um, but I love that you bring up Breaking Bad. I was l- literally watching Breaking Bad this morning. <laughs> so, so I kind of go through that show. That's one of those shows I've probably gone through the entire thing five times. Me too. And I still, it still br- it, it captivates me. Yes. I know exactly what's going to happen and I, just, I still can't yeah. believe that X, Y, or Z happens. And that the yes, there's there's humor sprinkled into that show, and it and it it, it helps kind of uh, certainly. I mean, what a brilliant person Vince Gilligan is, just putting that show together. And the the more you know, it's funny when I first watched that show, I had this feeling like they weren't expecting to go as many seasons as they did, and they were kind of making up the story as they went. As I watched it more times, I could see all the foreshadowing that that even the first few episodes had on the rest of the season. So I don't know. I do know that Jesse Pinkman was originally going to be uh, eliminated early on, and then they decided to keep him. But it, they're, they're, the cohesion of that show over the, over the seasons is um, it, brilliant. It's a, it, absolutely brilliant. Well, I think, I think the, the most foreshadowing really began in season two. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when things really, like, like they were kind of, knew they had a seat at the table with AMC because I've listened to all the podcasts because they have all these insider podcasts that are hosted by Vince Gilligan. I got the impression that like season two, they knew they they had that longevity and then they could really plan. Season one was a little eh, kind of discombobulated and they managed to, they managed to take what they had and work it into uh, like season two on, but it, that's, that's when it really began to become what it was. That's interesting. I you've given me some more podcasts to listen to because I haven't I haven't gone down the rabbit hole of that, but I I need to I'll go subscribe after we get off today. There is <laughs> so much value for a content creator just to listen to those podcasts and uh, the attention to detail, the just meticulousness of those shows that they put into it. It's just unbelievable how oh. how high quality and so detail oriented. Have you gone through uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever app you use for podcasts? I use Overcast these days, but have you gone through and taken a look at how many podcasts you subscribe to recently? I'd just be curious what you know. I don't even I don't even shop anymore. I mean, if there's one that I want to look up, then I'll do a search for it, but I don't browse through them. I have. I, I it, it's an astonishing amount. I I don't know. It's well over well over a hundred certainly that I subscribe to. And I kind of have, I have uh, overcast lets me filter. I have what the list I call my favorites, which are the ones that I, I want to dip into 
pretty much every episode. And then I have all episodes. But honestly, I open up all episodes a lot of the time and I find a show I hadn't listened to for a year and I listen to another episode. And I just like that diversity of, of, of topic. I find podcasts from other podcasts or from newsletters that I subscribe to. And it's just so interesting, the, the almost infinite approaches that there are to this medium. It's such an, it's such a flexible medium, it you is. know? You and I are here talking. The, the 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 interview medium is is wonderful and tried and true, and I use that a lot. I've had podcasts that I've done in the past on a specific topic where I've had people call into a Google Voice number and leave messages. I've done greatest hits. I've gone through you know years of content and synthesized things that were being talked about. 13 years ago with something that was happening <laughs> six months ago. It's, it's a really, it, it, and watching people like Tim Ferriss and other people explore different, different, um, ways to use this, this medium. It's, it's a cool medium. It can be three hours long, like a typical Joe Rogan episode. It can be five minutes long. It can mm -hmm. be anywhere in between. It can be uh, total chaos. It can be tightly scripted. It can <laughs> have music. It can not have music. It's, it's an incredible medium. Yeah. It's, it's not like you're worried about, okay, this has to be 42 minutes and 13 seconds for an hour hour long time slot on the on the on the channel and then and then you're either scrambling to either cut stuff that it's painful cuts or you're just like filling time just to meet that you and it's not to say that podcasters never kill time. There's plenty of that going on. But. <laughs> you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about um, sponsorship and podcasts recently, and I've had a wide variety of sponsors over the years. And then, and then COVID hit, and um, I one sponsor pulled out right away, and then and then Diderio Strings, who I've worked with for years, they eliminated the position of the person I've been working with. So I thought, all right, now is not not an ideal time for spot, you know. So I just I I fired them before they could fire me. Essentially, I just emailed everybody and said, let's just halt sponsorship for a while, and and I ran for about four or five months with zero sponsors, and it. And I, I, I am now working with a few again, and I will continue if it's the right fit to work with people. I have no problem with that. I've decided that that's a, a good route for me. But it was so refreshing also to not have any um, – to be totally untethered in that mm. way. And I have – now and increasingly, I have some products of my own that it makes more sense to use the podcast as a vehicle for that. And then I look at other people. They use Patreon, which I have resisted for my podcast for probably irrational reasons. Um, and I just like like monetizing this thing that you and I both do. I know you've thought a lot about that, but what are your thoughts on either sponsorship or monetization in general or marketing your own thing versus um, I just I'm sure you've got thoughts on the topic. My thoughts on it is that if you have a, a if you bring a third party into anything you're sort of diluting your brand and i don't know that diluting is the right word but you're sort of compromising uh your your own brand and and i think that if you're going to bring on a sponsor you have to be very clear with that person or that or that company or whatever it is and say this is who i am this is what this show is about you might find something that's objectionable you have to be prepared for that. Like I'm not, I'm not your servant. I'm not going to cater. I'm not going to change my message in the event that you get offended at something I say, or you find something that I say objectionable. This is my show. Those are my rules. If you can take it or leave it. 
Yeah. And I think so many people come into podcasts and maybe they've listened to a lot of podcasts and they hear sponsor reads, whether it's Squarespace or whatever. And like, I would just encourage anybody like, don't put that, leave that for later. That is your, like, exactly. Get, get good at what you do. And the first thing, if you, as you start to think about monetizing and, and making this a sustainable thing, because if it's not monetized in some way, there's so many things we can pay attention to in life. Uh, <laughs> it's very easy for the podcast to fall off the priority list. Um, get good at what you do, get consistent. And I, I would encourage people to think about whether it's a, a, a digital product or coaching service or mm-hmm. even teaching lessons, if we're talking to musicians or, or what have you, because just like you're, you're saying, you introduce a third party, what you're doing with sponsorship is you're kind of saying, hey, go look at this other stuff. You know, you're on my show, but go look at these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, so many podcasts and YouTube channels, whatever, work with sponsors. It definitely, me included, it definitely can make sense uh, in your suite of monetization. But I would, I would, I would say, just don't even, don't even think about it for a while. <laughs> for most people, yeah, I think the threshold is like if you have regularly over a thousand downloads per episode, then you might be able to approach someone. Yeah. And it, it depends on how niche or niche, or however we want to use the word down you are. Too. That's true. You know, like, like, like I, I have a show though. I just said, I, I, I talk about all sorts of things besides bass. It's, it's a fair bet that the majority of people listening are bass players or have, or are bass parents or whatever. So it makes a lot of sense for a string company to market their bass pro- or rosin or something to targeted to even musicians. It's a little tougher if it's, uh, the, 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 the wider your scope, the tougher something like that can, can yeah. be. So are you talking about people who they want to start a podcast and they're like, well, I have to have a sponsor. Cause I hear that a lot. Cause I, I, I talk to people who they want to start a podcast and they're like, well, it's required that I have a sponsor because Tim Ferriss has sponsors. So <laughs> I have to have them. <laughs> right. That's a very tough sell unless you are extremely well known because you're saying, hey, here's this idea I have that does not exist. Do you want to pay me money to make this thing? It's a much easier to say, hey, I here I made this and I have these people on this journey with me. And if you can demonstrate it in some way, that's mm. even better in terms of metrics, which can be a challenge with podcasting. Um, that's a much easier sell. I get going. There's nothing to sponsor yet, you know. So, so that's that would be my recommendation. Well, that's sort of the idea behind crowdfunding, Kickstarter, is you have your idea, fund it, and then I can make it. And yeah, and, and again, that that there's a great example. So that right. might be a good model for for uh, yeah, that's a good example. I, I'm changing my mind on these sort of topics all the time. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting. Um, one thing that I have not embraced is the Patreon model for for my podcast. I just don't, and I know a lot of creators use use Patreon or a similar service. Generally, Patreon though, and I think that there's something to be said for that and for that model. I just. I don't know. It's just I, I I decided a few years ago I'm either going to have sponsors or send people to some product I have or do or have none of that and just have it be a community funded thing. But I just don't want to I, I don't I, there's some ratio of of 
paid content or asking people for money that that I mm. just feels off if I mm. threw yet another thing into the mix. Mm. And and who uh, podcasters that have Patreon and this is no disrespect to those people. It's great. And some people are doing a good job with it. They seem to spend such a giant percentage of their show talking about their Patreon that I just I, I'm like hitting the 30 second forward button a lot. So that it's a it's a it's such a tough thing. And there's so many different approaches. And yeah, that seems the, the ratio seems a bit off on that. Yeah. Probably four years ago, I fell into this format, good or bad, is just what I do of of taking a quote from if I'm doing an interview show, taking a quote that sounds at least somewhat interesting, putting it at the front, and then I do an intro. Uh, and 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 the reason my I I stole it from a bunch of podcasts, so that's that's the the short answer. But I I do think there's something if you're doing an interview show, uh, a lot of people eventually they're coming because I'm the main character. But at first they're probably coming because that person's interesting to them. So to have the first thing they do, they hit play and they hear that person saying something interesting. I think that mm. there's something compelling about that. Yeah. And then they hear me and my spiel and I, uh, that, that's, that's, and, and any sort of talking about anything I'm doing that you could trade money for or send them to a sponsor that happens into the episode, but everybody's got a different, a different format. Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss, they read ads for anywhere between five and 10 minutes at the beginning. But the cool thing is with Joe Rogan, uh, it, after that, uh, there are zero ads and you just sink into the conversation. So different ways to, to skin this thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a delicate balance because mm-hmm. you, if, if you want to monetize your, your show, I mean, you, you can't just overtly just, you can't turn it into like this uh, infomercial every single time for stuff you're pitching. I think the best thing that I've heard and the most effective calls to action that I've heard, make your call to action kind of like a PS to a letter. It's like, I'm signing off. Oh, by the way, P.S., I have this for sale. You might want to check it out. I've been trying out this string for my bass. I like it. I thought you might like it too. Signing out. Goodbye. That's a good way to do it. That's a good way. I picked from somewhere I read or listened to or whatever. I my my pitch these days generally has been join my email newsletter and then I'll I'll sell I'll sell you on that through that through whatever uh, you know uh, tagging and metrics I use for ConvertKit the program I use um, uh-huh. and and that seems to have been working um, messages that I want my true fans to hear I always put at the end because if you got to the end of whoever and you're still listening you're either uh, t- tied and gagged in, in some and you can't can't escape and turn off the podcast or um or you're into the podcast yeah so that but it's 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 an interesting medium when i tried the hardest to monetize is when my numbers ended up growing the least which was early 2017 and i was thinking i gotta i gotta make i you know i'm watching the bank account go down and i i've got to figure out how to make this profitable and when i quit worrying so much about that and just like played around and had a good time and, and wasn't obsessed with like how I'm doing week over week in the numbers checked in more infrequently, things started to grow. So that's interesting. It could just be me, but I, I was really trying to get people to donate, uh, buy my book. I had put out a book about auditioning at the time, self-published, um, invite me to your event. Nobody ever invited me to their event when I was doing that. All sorts of people invited me to their event after I quit pushing it so hard, which, which is hilarious. <laughs> It seems like people would get the impression that the only motivation that you have to do your show is to sell your stuff. Yeah, and I probably sounded I probably had some desperation creeping mm. into what I was doing, you know. Right. And and legitimate desperation because I decided I'm going to I'm going to make this my thing and then there's just a a lag between that decision and profitability. 
certainly for anything uh, that, that I've experienced entrepreneurially, you know, and, and so if you're starting out a podcast, I would not expect to be in the black with that podcast for, for some time. But if you think of it as an investment, uh, it has absolutely been an investment for me. But I remember some of those hard decisions like, oh, am I going to plunk down 350 bucks for lead pages? I'm going to start paying whatever for my email provider and level up. And, and, um, those things have paid off, but, uh, it's, there's just a, there's just, it's, it's a, it's a long game. I think most podcasters are playing. I, I was just thinking about, you know, I, we talked about having children and how your podcast is like having a child and those, di- those diapers aren't cheap. <laughs> they don't give them away at Walmart. It costs money to raise a child and it costs money and the child's not going to, my, my son, he's not going to bring any money in, into the house. I'm certainly not, never going to expect him to contribute to the household expenses. It's not, it's not like I'm investing in him so that he can like give a monetary payout someday. It's nothing like that. And you invest your time and your energy, your bandwidth into your show because not for the money, because of some other reward. And if you're able to, if you get put yourself in a position to be able to make some money with it, great, awesome, good for you. But when you get to that point, if you've done it the right way, you'll know whether or not that thing is 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 the right fit for you. But if you're like, think I have to make money with this right away, man, it's a hard road. If you if you stay on it it's longer than two weeks, yeah, I think I think of it as skill development rather than something that's going to make money immediately. It's helpful for me um, just because I'm I'm developing these skills through doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Through doing that, I'm also developing a set of skills that can be repurposed in a variety of ways. Now I know how to edit audio. Now yes. I know how to talk without saying so many ums and ahs. I say I say <laughs> I say more than I want now, but right. way less than I did before I started podcasting. Now I know how to use Adobe Creative Cloud products or or now I know how to uh, tune up an image or make an image that people click on versus one that they don't. I mean, these are all um, things that you, you, you know, you're you're developing a really interesting set of skills by actually creating a show, being the producer of your show, being the host of the show, being the marketer of the show. That I have used that in a variety of ways through consulting gigs, through other projects. It's you're you're developing extremely valuable skills that can be used yes. in all different kinds of ways. My route to making podcasting a career has been not that there's a conventional way to do it, but I think my I think the route that I took it it wasn't really my intention to take it when I first started out, but the way that it ended up working out is that I had my show Musicpreneur, and it was it was going okay, but it wasn't great. You know, I was I was honestly getting a little burnt out with it because it just wasn't. It wasn't producing the way that I thought it would or the way that I thought it should. And so I ended up taking a gig with Ben Greenfield, who's really, really well known in the health and fitness industry. Looking back at the whole experience, I felt like Daniel on the Karate Kid. And I'm serious. It's like you have the wax on, wax off, paint the fence, sand the floor. And here I am all this time. I'm like dictating taking little shorthand notes on the interviews and put them on the show notes, learning, and I'm learning these skills that I already had, but I was getting just really, really good at it. And so he and I reached kind of an agreement on a service that I did for him outside of the podcast. And the terms that we agreed on was he would promote my services as a podcast editor on his show. 
And it was through that that um, just in the last six or eight weeks, I've taken on extremely high quality clients. I mean, really, really high quality leads. And and now just several weeks into it, they're becoming friends, almost like family. It's just really, really neat community that uh, Sana and I are, are building with this. And you, you just never know what's going to happen if you take that step. And I, like, it's not like my dream is to edit Ben Greenfield's show forever. It's not what I want to do when I hang up my spikes for, forever. But just that one little thing turned into something really cool. Well, congratulations. That's great to hear. And, and, and you know, the, the interesting thing, uh, a takeaway from that, that journey for people might be, it, you could probably write out that journey in your biography and it would sound neat and tidy, but it probably felt like total chaos when you were doing it. You had no idea X, Y, or Z would, would happen, you know? And, and I think that's, that's, it's so easy to put someone who's found success in any field kind of on a pedestal and to think, oh, well, they had all these advantages or things just worked out, or isn't it great how that worked out? But, but w- w- that person, when they're in the moment, it didn't, it was not like that. It yeah. was, the path was unclear. You try something, it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. Oh, all of a sudden this kind of worked, but maybe it didn't, but I, uh, but, oh, that worked, but I don't want to do that anymore. So, so it's, it's a very, um, that's true if you're taking auditions or, or that's true even if you're in a more conventional field of employment, you know, whatever that means. Uh, but that's certainly the case. Like I, I my career, I, I have what I consider a, 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 because of my podcast career that's worked out pretty well. But it was to- totally bananas how it worked out. It was <laughs> – yeah. mm-hmm. and what I really tried to make it work was that early 2017, like I was telling you about, and yeah. nothing was working. You know, yeah. and, and I, was, I was spending oodles of money and nobody wanted me to do anything for them and people didn't want to advertise and, and I, I just felt like – but I just – kind of kept, kept kicking the tires and looking for different opportunities. And then all of a sudden something leads to something, leads to something, leads to something, and you get some momentum. Well, I tell you what, man, I mean, you have a student coming up and we've been, can you believe we've been going for 45 minutes already? Well, I'm not, I, 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 looking at the time, that is true, but that's always the way it is when we chat. So I, I, you're, you're, I love what you do and, and I, I always enjoy the opportunity to chat with you on the air, off the air, uh, about any variety of topics. And it's fun. I, I, we need, we need no script. We need nothing. Whatever, whatever we'll talk about will certainly be of interest to us and hopefully to others as well. Well, we were entertained. I don't know about anybody listening. (laughs) We were were definitely entertained. We certainly had a good time. Hey, my name is James Newcomb, and as you can hear, my wife and I like to have fun when we press record on these podcasts, and we bring this as a service to our clients and would-be, perhaps, prospective clients of our company, Beaten Path Media, and we are working together to build this business, and we're just having a great time doing it. And if you are interested in learning more about Sana and myself and what we can offer, if you're thinking about getting into the podcasting, the YouTubing, the digital media production game, then look us up and I'd love to talk and see if we can help bring you closer to your goals and bring you and your podcast, your YouTube, your digital media to the next level. Check us out on the web at beatenpath.media. That's spelled B-E-A-T-I-N path dot media.